the gospel lesson this morning. Fabulous gospel lesson. First of all, Wednesday, we had one of the great feasts, the elevation of the cross. And it was really grand. We had a grand time here. And, you know, we love the cross. I grew up singing about the cross. We love the cross. And we sing about the cross now. We adore the cross. We elevate the cross. We exalt the cross. We, three times a year especially, we devote a service to the cross. Nothing could be more important to our salvation than the cross. Without the cross, we don't even have any salvation. So the fact that the cross is crucial is obvious to us. And we sing about it. You heard us sing to the cross. We actually sing to the cross as if it's alive because it is life-giving because of him who died upon it, okay? Now, Wednesday night, we elevated the cross. Oh, we paraded around here and we held the cross up and we venerated the cross. This morning, we're not talking about the cross only from that perspective. Last Wednesday evening, we celebrated the cross and Jesus' death on the cross. This morning... Are you with me? Are you paying attention, boys and girls? This morning, we're talking about your cross. Because that was the gospel lesson this morning. Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And another gospel reads, Daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now you know I like to have three points, and I do, but I'm not sure what order they ought to be in. This morning, it's very difficult. First of all, I do want to say, regarding the cross, that there is suffering. Jesus' cross involves suffering. And your cross will involve suffering. There is no cross that does not involve pain. Jesus indeed was the eternal Son of the Father who in His human flesh, which He took to Himself in the womb of the Virgin Mary, in His human flesh, believe me folks, He experienced the pain when the nails went into His hands. And he experienced the pain when the nails went into his feet. And he was dead by the time the sword pierced his side. But it is still a painful death. More than that, the greatest pain that he suffered was not the nails in his hands and his feet, nor the spear in his side. The greatest pain that he suffered was what Isaiah the prophet said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. Your sins on him hurt him a lot more than the nails or the spear. All your sins were laid upon him. All of them, of everyone, laid upon him. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Not because of nails and a spear, but because of the sins of the whole world that were laid upon him. That's suffering. 
And you have a cross to take up. I mean, that's what he said. That is, if. It's a conditional clause. Here's a grammar lesson again. If. If. It's a simple condition. First class condition. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow. Now, that if is very important, and I'll get to that in a moment. But here's the question. It's suffering. And if anyone will come after, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And it is for his sake and the gospel's. Now, that's interesting. Now, it sounds so easy. And, and in a sense, it's easy when we say that we take up our cross for his sake. I understand that. I can understand I do things for Christ. I do it for Him. I don't do it for me because I'm not going to try to save my life, right? Isn't that what it said? Whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Okay, so I am taking up my cross, but I'm taking it up for His sake. But it isn't just for His sake, He said. He said, for my sake and the Gospels. Now, when we get to that word gospel, that's an interesting word. It's interesting because in the environment I grew up in, and this is not an incorrect thing, the gospel was this. Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sins. I would say that is a very indispensable part of the gospel, but if you think that's all there is to the gospel, you don't know the gospel yet. That is not the gospel exactly, precisely that Jesus preached. The gospel that Jesus proclaimed was this. In one sentence, it's very easy. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what we're talking about here is we take up our cross for his sake and the gospel that is we suffer for the kingdom of God. This is a little bit incidental. Folks, sometimes we get too wrapped up in the affairs of nations. They're important. I don't want to deny there's importance to the affairs of nations. Yes, we're grieved by all the stuff that goes on in this world, the wars and the rumors of wars and all those things. Some of you who have relatives that are suffering over in the Middle East right now, whatever side it may be on, that's a disaster and that's tragic, but that's not about the gospel. There is a nation for which we need to be willing to lay down our lives. And that nation, as it were, is more than a nation. It is the kingdom of God. Now, I'll have some more to say about that, but point number one, you have a cross to bear and it will cause you suffering. Point number two, it is voluntary. Jesus said, if anyone will, and that's the verb, if anyone he wills to take up the cross and follow, if anyone wills, let him deny himself. You know, Jesus will never force you to take up a cross. He'll never force you to follow him. Never. That's not the way our God works. We say of our God that he is a good God and he loves mankind. Never will he take away from you that image in which he created you. He created you with a free will. 
He will never coerce you. I've heard scores of sermons on how God coerces people by the events in their lives to turn to Him. God may bring about events in your life, but He is not attempting to coerce you. He is not trying to bend your will. He is not trying to force your will. He will let you choose what you will. If anyone, if, if, there's your condition, if anyone wills, Oh, that's the second part of the condition. If anyone wills to come after me, let him deny himself. You need to make a decision in your own free will to take up your cross. Now, I'm getting to the, what your cross might be. I don't know what your cross is, but I'll get to that. But whatever it is, it's your own free will. You choose one to follow Jesus. You choose to follow him. And if you choose to follow him, what you are going to do is you are going to take up a cross, but it is volitional. It is your choice. It is your, of your own free will. You choose to do something that is going to cause you to suffer, and you know it ahead of time. In the ninth chapter of Luke, there's an interesting passage. It, it just sort of gets lost in the whole context. And it just says... Uh, from that time, Jesus turned his face towards Jerusalem. Such a simple little statement. But if you understand what's going on in the whole story of Jesus' life on this earth, what, what that means is he is clearly heading towards his passion. Now, he's known it from eternity because the Scriptures tell us that the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. This was no news to the Holy Trinity that there was going to be the suffering of the cross. The Lamb was slain before the earth was even created. That's, that's there. But Jesus very consciously knew the Son of God, in His deity and in His humanity, He understood that He was heading deliberately to death. He wasn't moaning and groaning. And the truth is, his approach to the cross was utterly volitional. Do you know what he had in mind when he was going to the cross? I should more accurately ask the question this way. Do you know who Jesus had in mind when he voluntarily went to the cross? He had you in mind. He had us in mind. He understood it was we who were going to be the ones for whom he was suffering. And he chose it. He didn't moan or groan about it. Oh yes, I agree in the garden. He said, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. He chose it. He chose the will of the Father. Okay. There will be suffering. And it will be volitional. It'll be of your own choice. But thirdly, it is going to be for Christ, for the kingdom. And believe me, it is going to be for someone's salvation. Because that's how it's for him and for the kingdom. For some of you, I'm dead serious. This is no joke. Though sometimes it's easy to get a little lighthearted about it. For some of you, your cross is your husband or your wife. Truly, why are there so many divorces amongst Christians? Do you know that in the United States of America, the divorce rate amongst professing Christians is slightly above the national average? 
Can you imagine it? It's slightly, just a little, but it's above the national average. Incredible! I know it's going to happen sometimes. I understand that. I understand it. You know and I know that it's not what God desires. I understand it has to happen sometimes. But the truth is, how many men and how many women, how many husbands, how many wives have suffered? For the sake of a spouse. St. Paul says even of the spouses that they're involved in the salvation of each other. And sometimes you're simply going to suffer. And what you do is you volitionally accept suffering. It ain't fair. It is not fair. Who is talking about fair? Fair has nothing to do with this. Salvation has to do with this. I saw an experience of suffering for salvation. I saw a woman suffer, 28 years I think it was, that I knew her. I saw my mother suffer. I saw her suffer for her husband, not because she didn't like him, but my father was rather hot-tempered. We moved a lot. She suffered for her oldest son. Dramatic experience. Very hard to tell because I am such an emotional person. My mother awakened in the middle of the night, somewhere around 1944, aware that her son, that her son's life was in danger. And she was afraid with good reason that her son was not right with God. And she was afraid he would be killed that night. And in the midst of great suffering, because she, she suffered every moment from the morning I was born until the day she died, she was aware of danger to her son. In the middle of the night, got up to pray. Later, later, we discovered in the Battle of the Philippine Sea, my brother missed death literally by that far maybe three-eighths of an inch. For the rest of his life, he walked around with a scar across his nose where a piece of shrapnel went in about a half inch. But that wasn't the only suffering. That was suffering that was a delight to her. Her greatest desire was that her husband, the minister, and that her sons would be saved. And if you were to ask her today, if you could approach her in glory and say, Linda Braun, aren't you sorry that you had to suffer so much? Do you know what her answer would be? What do you mean, sorry? What do you mean it wasn't fair? What do you mean it was too bad? I did it willingly. I was willing to suffer for the birth of my last child. That was I. I was willing to suffer for my husband. I was willing to suffer for my, firstborn, my second-born son. Her first-born son died at birth, willing to suffer, willingly, voluntarily, and to suffer for the sake of salvation. Suffering volitionally for someone's salvation, that they may be a part of the kingdom of God, it's more than worth it, folks. For some of you, as I say, it may be a spouse. For some of you, it may be giving up that great career that you desired. In a few weeks, I'm going to have one of my granddaughters and her boyfriend come here and tell you about their respective trips. 
My granddaughter, this particular one, went to Albania just a few weeks ago, and her boyfriend went to Tanzania. And uh, they're going to come and tell you about their missionary trip. It's a life-changing experience. Because they're willing, I believe both of them, they're willing to give up any kind of a career to take that. You give it up. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. May involve a spouse, may involve a child, may involve a career. It may even involve an education, or it may involve getting an education. I don't know what it is, but somehow you will know in your very guts what you need to sacrifice, what you need to take upon yourself as a cross for Christ and for the gospel. He voluntarily, willingly took up his cross to suffer for our sake. But he asks you, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow. 